yeah. Well, I mean, again, I'm guessing that back in the the old days of of the Norse, they you just have your axe, yeah. Yeah, like they would have just had an axe and they would have used it as a paddle and to hunt and to you know rear the children. Like it was just a, a part of day to day life, really. Combine the sports. Combine the sports. I'm Viv, and you are. Peter! On ball. Combine the sports. On ball. Combine the sports. On ball. Combine the sports. On, on ball. Combine the sports. Combine the sports. Combine the sports. Hello, Peter. Welcome to Oddball Round 2. The second episode, the Hail Mary. This is the make or break. If we get past <laughs> the second episode, then there might be 50 more to come. Yeah. Um, in terms of the sport this week, uh, I, I think we, we had a bit of a chat about it. Yep. And, I mean, I, I was pretty dead set that I, I wanted to initially to do something with javelin. But then you told me about wood cutting, which I didn't know was a sport. Yes, wood wood chopping. Wood chopping. Um, yeah, um, it's a, a very serious event, which is mainly mainly takes place in America, um, and it's exactly as it says on the tin. Now it's, I've also heard of something called lumberjacking. Is that the same? So lumber, yeah, pretty much like lumberjacking is like a um, commercial. Whereas this is like you're doing it as quickly as you possibly can. This is kind of more the, the back street style, like, you know, yeah. who's got the best sort of skills, no rules. Yeah, Un- underground uh, wood jobbing. Okay. Is, 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 <laughs> is that a metal straw you've got, by the way? It is a metal straw I have. Save oh, the planet. Save the planet. And also, they, they look fancier than I thought. Because, I mean, I always kind of thought... <laughs> That straws kind of make you look a bit fruity. But you no, know what? it's a solid wee implement. Am um, I allowed to say fruity? Is that is that not is that like PC enough, or will I have to bleep that? Hey, I think that's PC. I'm drinking a pineapple rum and ginger beer <laughs> concoction, so that's definitely fruity. Yeah, and then I was mentioning to you that I've I've got a vanilla liqueur with coke yes. um, i don't know what it's called I, I don't even know where we got it from i think we might have ordered it online um it's <laughs> it's on par with this alcohol that means casey bought once from ikea which was schnapps i think i, I don't really know like you know they, they had the ikea words on it so uh, it like noggin. when you say ikea words do you mean swedish <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, probably. <laughs> have we just turned the whole of Sweden against this podcast? We, we might have done. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a bit of a full par. Ah, uh, well, at least that wasn't the market we're trying to break into. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, do Sweden have sports? They've got Ibra. I'm sure there was something about him being half of like one other nation. European nation and they were really upset that he didn't play for them and they called him um, a traitor. Let's find out. Uh, 
Uh, so his uh, dad emigrated to Sweden and is from Croatia and of partial uh, Albanian descent. But he is, in fact, no, he, well, his dad was also born in Bosnia and Herzegovina. I can never pronounce that. <laughs> Bosnia Herzegovina. <laughs> um, but no, he's he's Swedish. Well, there you go. That was born and raised. Fun fact. And Ikea is where he spent most of his days. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a good start, I think, though, to episode two. Just completely alienate the Swedish population. That's fine. But nonetheless, I, I mean, what were we even talking about before? Something to do with Ikea and then... We're talking about the sports that we're going to combine. Yes. So, wood so, shopping. Wood shopping. And then we had triathlon. That was um, the other sport we thought would really yes. be craving the sort of dynamism, I guess, of wood chopping. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, triathlon is... It's always a very hard sport to do. It's always, it always takes a lot of um, endurance, but I do think it's maybe a little bit boring to watch as a spectator sport. And I think combining it with wood chopping could make it a lot more entertaining. It does take like the whole day. And I mean, being honest, whenever, whenever I have even tried to keep up with the triathlon, it is like a every now and again, a 20 second like flick to just see where they're at. So. I do think it could have a bit more excitement in it. Something just to up the ante, perhaps. Yes. So, I, I, I mean, how should we go about it? I guess let, let's break down triathlon first, because that's going to be, you know, pretty critical. If we're going to combine the two sports, it should have a, a three-part element to it. Yeah. So, yeah, we know that triathlon is running, swimming cycling yes it's a lot of moving I'm, I'm not so keen on that much moving being honest yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fair enough it's a lot of different types of moving as well, well that's the thing like you know at, at least you can kind of zone into one type of movement if, if you're doing it for a while you know you can you, you sink into a run or a cycle but i mean christ man yeah you, you know you've just finished a 10k run and it's like right go for a swim through a river or like the sea yeah yeah it's it's not pleasant i don't think no and then to top it all off you've got to go for a massive cycle at the end yeah it doesn't sound pleasant i don't know why you want to and then some people do ironmans which is like that but double oh yeah that but double that, 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 double, double, So in wood chopping, I mean, are they explicitly stuck to using just an axe? Uh, no, so there's, uh, wood chopping's a bit of a, a varied sport in itself. It's, it's kind of like strongman events, um, where you'll go from, uh, like chopping a bit of wood, uh, with an axe uh, to then sawing a bit of wood with a massive saw to see who can do that the fastest or who can use the axe the fastest. So, so there's, there's a, 
a technical element to it. So it's kind of like yeah. the, the different styles of how you chop wood. Yeah, being exactly. across. Okay, I follow you. Because yeah, yeah then that naturally be a different technique, wouldn't there, to, to saw yeah. that axe. What there isn't is anything about how delicately you can do any of the things. It's just getting it done as quickly as you possibly can. So at no point are you like shaping anything. You're just trying to get it done, basically. So Um, it's a race, essentially. It's It's not a race. There's there's no kind of additional element to it in terms of you've chopped more wood in a particular time. So no, it's okay. Competitors will get like two logs and we just get set about it. Um, A race workshop. So I, I think quite an interesting thing you could maybe do is add a sort of like skill element to it so that instead of just chopping a tree down, you're maybe like creating something that gets used later on in the in the event. I like it. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, okay. So, I mean, that, that could work well perhaps for the second bit then because instead of a swimming element, perhaps you have to construct some form of raft with the wood that you've chopped. Yeah, like a canoe or something. I think if we're following that trend, that wood should be probably still utilised then for the last part, which is cycling. But I think it would be a bit ridiculous to make them then have to build a cycle out of the wood while it's wet. Yeah, like... Building a bike wouldn't work. It just, it just wouldn't. There's no way you could do it. So, I, I think it has to be a different kind of sport for the final part of it. I don't think you're going to be able to build a, a bike or another mode of transport in like a, a sort of reasonable time frame. So, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I have it in my head. Triathlon is it is a team sport already, isn't it? Like it is a no, no, no! It's it, one one individual does all. It's one it. individual. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know why I had it in my head that you there was always like a like a team of like a few of them. But I suppose it might be that they maybe sometimes work somewhat together when they're from the same country. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah. even like uh, like in the cycling part, um, they work together in the same way people who just cycle do. So that you create a draft for the person behind you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So, so we are considering that this is an individual sport, though. But then, yeah. we're—I mean, could you do that individually? Chop the wood and then build a thing. And I suppose but you could. For your life, then yeah. Yeah, I'd, like I suppose you could, couldn't you? Um, be quite a lot of wood, though, to carry as one individual. I, I think. I, I think the the tree is next to the body of water that you're then going into the canoe from. So will we just remove the running element then entirely and just maybe change that to the chopping? I, I, I think chopping a tree down is pretty hard work. So yeah. I think if I think chopping the tree down and constructing the the raft, kayak, canoe, whatever it is, whatever your special skill is. Interesting um, you're talking about chopping the tree because when I was imagining it, as we were talking, I kind of assumed they had just some set logs and they would be chopping those. I mean, I, I mean, maybe, but I, I would think that you want them to be 
choosing a tree and then cutting it down. That, that would be the way I would envision it. But I see because you know it's also about the, the the tools that they choose to use. So you know, knowing yeah. the right kind of tree to pick. My only concern with this would be that it could be very hazardous if there's multiple people all chopping wood without much care for the others in quite close proximity to one another because those trees yeah. are going to fall. And there is quite a lot of accidents to individuals themselves when chopping trees, even as professionals. So I, I just feel like we might struggle with an international body to get this sport across the line, Peter. I mean, I think we make it a blood sport until it becomes popular. Okay, so, people, so this, people... this, this might be our first dip into the underground sporting world. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, don't has, I don't think this has an official body. I think people are doing it for the, the pride of being the best. I mean, it, it sounds uh, like something that probably could have been entertainment historically, and I think it's something that we can maybe consider as part of what we're doing here, which is the backstory of this sport. I, mean, yeah, I, I think it probably has its origins in like Vikings in some way. Oh, definitely. Like some kind of Norse-style sport where, you know, they, they've chopped down the tree and they've had to maybe go around a coastline and pillage a town or something, you know? Yeah, for the glory of Thor. No, of course. Maybe it's when, when thunder has struck, this is the game they play. Yeah, but not a bad shout. Um, Perhaps it could be like the, the starting horn or siren or like you know shot to to get people to start chopping the wood is actually just someone playing the sound of thunder just to yeah to I, remind I think it's a big i think it's a big like horn someone's blown into of course well yeah like and you know it, it really kind of takes it back to the historical days you know we're, yeah. we're, we're not one of these we're not going to use new age technologies in this sport. no like you're using an axe or a saw you're not using a chainsaw or anything no, like that. And, and there's like there's no var or anything like that you know you just that nah, if you get crushed by a tree you should have been looking where the tree was falling you know if the ref didn't see it you know you played the whistle i don't think this this sport has refs <laughs> <laughs> well i mean now now here's here's the issue i'm, I'm starting to have is that we do have people now in a wood with axes in a, an unregulated sport. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's going to kill anyone because you're doing it for honour and it's dishonourable yes, to, right. to cut the arm off someone. But then a, a miss swing, perhaps too close. Yeah. It could know, be argued. You're, you're very concerned of health and safety this week, Viv. I, to be honest with you, Peter, it's been on my mind quite a it, lot. It was, for for it at least was, the last four months now, I, I've been concerned for health and safety. <laughs> it, was, it was fine when folk were hurtling down a hill chasing cheese, but as, as soon as there's acts involved, you're losing your nerve. You, you know what? You're right. You're right. I, I apologize. I, I'm thinking more about the money here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to ensure that we can get sponsorships and we could get this televised we could maybe get into you know some kind of international sporting league so that this could be the next big thing and i, I forgot about what, what this is really about which is you know having fun and axes are fun axes are really fun which 
kind of brings me on to my next um, idea for for another for the final leg. Um, was going to be. Have, have you ever been axe throwing? I haven't, but I have seen it, and it looks so class. So, could the final leg be? You have to when you're in your raft, canoe, kayak, whatever you've built. You have to transport your axes and then use them to hit a target as the final the final stage. I mean, that would be like awesome to watch, wouldn't it? I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm imagining it now that they're they're in the raft. They've got you know three axes with them, as per the. The, the kind of standard or maybe it's just as many axes as you can get maybe you can like steal the axes of other i'm i'm thinking you've got two axes and you're using them as oars to propel yourself down the down the stream to to right. you've got at least two long axes and you've maybe got a couple smaller ones that's quite yeah. practical what you've thought there uh, I, yeah i mean I'm, I'm not as you might have guessed as sort of versed in an axe Holding. Yeah, I've, I've been axe throwing. It's very good fun. I mean, how does it work? I guess it's so top heavy. You're kind of just letting the top of it guide the throw. Yeah, yeah there's there's sort of different ways that you can do it. So you can you can throw it so that the the head of the axe, the blade of the axe, is like facing the way you think it's it would go. Or you can turn it around the other way so it goes in like point first rather than like full blade first. Oh, um, that's quite flashy. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite difficult to do. So the, the way we got taught was like the way you'd sort of expect it so the full blade goes in, the way you turn it the other way around so like the sort of pointy end goes in um, over, like two-handed over the head. So you're like launching it like that um, and then two at a time. So you you got two axes and you launched them both um, simultaneously, which is very difficult to do, as I'm sure you can imagine. I mean, I'm just imagining it now, and I was already kind of myself thinking about chopping my ears off or like dropping one on your foot or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. speaking of which, this is completely unrelated, but I've been watching Game of Thrones with Casey, and I'm we've quite recently gotten past the. Uh, the meeting of Ramsay Bolton through Theon Greyjoy. Mm. Where, uh, you know, things were getting chopped off and whatnot. And I mean, that that still made me squirm. I, I, I think everyone in this sport has protective footwear and um, jock straps. I was going to say metal jock straps. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Steel toe cap boots, metal jock what straps. About, what about women, though? I mean, do we do we give them chainmail to perhaps it, like any any loose top area appendages are, are sort of safe? I wanted to say I, that in a way with as much decorum as possible. And I feel like it came out worse, so that was good. Yeah, well, we did. You know the top bit. Oh god. Yeah, I, I think like uh, like some kind of vest, like 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 a. Uh, Bulletproof vest type apparatus. Aye, what, what's it? What's it called again? Like Kevlar. Yeah. Aye, that'd do it. I think that's not a bad idea. 
I mean, is, is it a separate sport for men and women, though? Because I, I feel like potentially this might lend itself to male advantage purely on perhaps some of like, the more yeah. heavy lifting stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think it probably is a... Like, women have their own category and men have their own category. I think, I think it would be unfair to put them against each other. And would each one separately have axes and saws or would it be that perhaps the women's league is maybe like they, they we use saws for that one perhaps that's slightly different in terms of the sport maybe maybe the women's one we change it maybe they use saws and they don't have the axe throwing at the end but there's perhaps a slightly different style of ending or do you think it should be continuous the rest i i, I think the only problem with saws would be how do you hollow out the body of the tree to make it into a device that will float. I mean, Peter, you're the one that said it to me, but I mean, if this is what you've been working towards all your life. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. It's like uh, when someone I, asks, you know, like, how did that happen in Harry Potter? And someone just goes, magic. Like, <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I, I just think using a spell would be very difficult. Do you think it's maybe just an axe sport? Then? Yeah, yeah. But then we are missing what sounds like a a proportion of wood chopping. I mean, that, that would be like saying, you know, we, we don't have any poles for the for the rugby pitch, I mean, so I mean, we just not have penalties. I mean, yeah, but also we've just completely abandoned all of triathlon apart <laughs> from the sports. That's true. Yeah, fine. Okay. Do you think... There's any way we could have a winter version of it? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I do think so indeed. I have a great idea for that. Yeah, I, I just think as well because triathlon is an Olympic sport. Could you have a winter Olympics version? I think that we have it relatively the same for the first two legs, but and hear me out for the last leg of it, they have to use the raft that they've built to bobsled okay the last segment okay and and it, it then becomes a, a solo bobsled like time event so if it is close someone could potentially you know still win the goal by having a superior bobsled which i think would then come down to the skill of how well you've built your bobsled slash canoe I think we've maybe got our, th our three events. The, I think so chocolate. too. I think, I think we've kind of got a clear idea. Okay, so we've got the three events. I think the next obvious stage is mapping out how everything's actually done. So, you know, w what's the, the time frame maybe that we give for the first part? Because it sounds like it is about, it, it, it's kind of a race, but not... It's not going to necessarily be quick, is it? Chopping down a tree and then chopping into parts and then constructing a, a raft. So maybe it's that you've got a certain time in which to get all of it accomplished. So I, I think you maybe have a timeline on it. Um, but I also, I also think you, you have a sort of, you, you maybe have an advantage if you sort of do a bit, take a bit few risks. So if you, you've constructed a, a canoe, a kayak, whatever, but it's maybe like 
you're not sure if it's too heavy, is it worth your time to cut the rest of it out to make sure it won't sink or do you risk it for a chocolate biscuit and see if it will get you... So the actual finish time... So we should note the finish time and that can give you a certain like advantage be it by seconds or minutes or hours or whatever going into the next leg and the, so on and so forth so yeah. each one has like a so i mean again that, i'm pretty certain that's quite similar to triathlon isn't it like you are timed per yeah. section yeah that's so the, the final you, you do it all at once and it's how long it takes you to do all three things back to back to back, to back. Mm-hmm. so so yeah okay I, th- I think that makes sense i'm i, I don't personally know how long it takes to chop a tree and then construct a boat from it. <laughs> I mean, neither do I, but I think records will be broken as the sport goes on. Oh, of course. Uh, there's there always got to be records broken. I mean, let's find out how fast a man can chop a tree, shall we? Um, yeah. How fast can a man chop a tree? Not a man, you know, let's, how fast can a human chop a tree is humanity cutting down trees faster than they are growing Australian Brad Delosa uh, can chop down four tree trunks in 58 seconds 58 seconds I mean this is the level of the show that we're producing I'm on the CBBC's page (laughs) To be fair, it looks like this guy's maybe using a chainsaw. Uh, and um, that, that, to me, that goes against the ethics. No, I think I'm on what could potentially be quite a um, good source. And um, it's called the Woodworker's Journal uh, the, that I'm on. Suggesting could be about 15 minutes using an axe. There is two of them, though. Mm. but i mean 15 minutes let's let's say it wouldn't be double the time because i think also you've got to consider that you know that you've got to monitor both sides and there's also resting time that'll probably be needed for one person so i think you know for we're talking someone who's obviously gonna have a, a good relative level of skill at this maybe 45 minutes to an hour to chop the tree yeah i think as well it's going to be probably a thicker tree I was going to say, because where are we doing this? I, I personally have this vision of like North American redwoods, which are obviously ridiculous. That would be so large, you couldn't possibly do that. So I don't know why, but that's where I'm imagining this. Um, yeah. I, maybe something a bit... Um, more practical and yeah, appropriately so, sized. I mean, w- would these be trees that have been... Ex- specifically grown for the competition are we are we maintaining this as environmentally done and that oh, we yeah. have our own trees that we have like planted and grown for this so perhaps they're all a standardized height yeah um so i think when the sport starts off obviously you're not going to wait around for trees to grow before no, you start you know, you'll have to fell an area anyway and that could be part of building the sport yeah so i, I think so, i think to make it environmentally friendly you say for every tree that you cut down, you plant three. As a, yeah. a sort of rule. Yeah, and then it makes the, it makes the sport uh, more sustainable as well. And 
equally, you know, any of the stuff that we do use can go into merchandising, you know, paper. But you could make a, like a little, a little book, a diary yeah. maybe for like a young girl who's a really big fan of the sport to note down her dreams every night of becoming the next wood chopping triathlon expert. <laughs> we need a better name than wood chopping triathlon. I mean, I was thinking woodathon personally, but that's fine. That's perfect to be honest. Woodathon. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of wood. A lot of really hard wood. Some hard wood that needs some crafting. Helen. <laughs> um. Yeah. I I I think woodathon works very well. Cool. I mean, that that was significantly faster than last time, so that's good. Uh, yeah. That being said, you know, we might think of a better name as we go on. I think Woodathon's a good one. If you can think of something using giant sequoia, because I, I just like the sound of sequoia, then, you know, to work your magic. Yeah, I just don't know how you fit it in. Sequoia-thon. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really work, does it? Uh, right. Cool. Well, so we, we've got we've got the tree getting chopped, but obviously they need to then construct the boat. Now, I don't really know, again, how long that would take, but I'm not considering it to be fast. No, I don't think it would be. I think the sport will be made or, or broken here based on how long this realistically will take. I was hoping that it, it shouldn't really take anything more than three hours. To chop the tree yeah. and make the boat for it to be entertaining I, still. Yeah, I, I think that is a sort of reasonable time frame. It doesn't need to look good. You're not, no. You're not um, so I, I think that's maybe possible, especially if you're not using like a, a hardwood, you're using a sort of softer wood. Well, that, that's the other thing. If, if it's a softer wood, it'll be easier to hollow out and it should yeah. also be naturally more buoyant. You would hope if that's the type of wood you'd be using so it should be relatively easy for them to make the shape and get it out in the water i think it will just be that again we need to ensure that there's adequate resting time that people aren't just going flat out and the rest of the sport will just deteriorate like no one will be able to do any of it yeah i mean the thing we have to remember as well is that people once this once the sport inevitably takes off as it's sure to do People will be training for this and people will get faster and faster and faster at doing this. So I don't think worrying about how long it takes is necessarily an issue that we have. I think as the sport progresses, it will get faster and faster and faster. And then it will no, gain more and more popularity. I, I agree with you. And, you know, pe people are, are, are there. I, I, it's in our nature to break records. That's, yeah. you know, that's who we are. We created the Guinness World Book of Records so that we would know how many people have tried to swallow the most number of paper clips in a portion of time so that we could then take on that challenge. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I couldn't agree more with you, but I think when this gets started, what we don't want is amateurs coming in with, you know, like people who look similar to myself, Peter, you know, a man who has not seen a weight with 
anything more than a single figure digit on it coming in yeah and taking six hours to chop down a tree and make a boat yeah that's true i think you 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 want specials like i, I want to see you know like a very huge individual someone who's like a bodybuilder like you know like when you see those like men and women who get up on the stage like these like people with muscles bulging out of their muscles Mm. i want to see one of them swinging one-handed an axe (gasps) practically clean through a tree and then just (laughs) hacking the innards of it into a perfect boat just picking it up with one arm and just sprinting to the water and then just like shooting down you know whatever body of water it is a lake a river uh the ocean man you know who cares they're I mean, flying down we don't we don't really know how long it takes to hollow out the body of a tree no and, and that's not something i'm going to try anytime soon i mean we've been using google so far let's see the vast knowledge of google how long does it take to make a boat from a tree? Around 120 hours. But that's trying to make like a, a beautifully crafted one. Yeah, we're not, that's not what we want. We want something that's going to be seafaring and nothing else. So I think we can, I think we can just... Um... I'm, I'm concerned that we're maybe not going to be giving enough time for this. Maybe it could be like a, a, a three-day event. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the first day is you've got to chop your wood and construct your boat. Maybe the second yeah. day of it is you've got the um, the water portion, which could still include the axe throwing then, because if it's a second day, we could do axe throwing whilst you're on the river. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Target. Because, I mean, again, we could do it as individually. Well, I suppose not individually. Um, yeah, that may be a bit tricky to do now that I think about it, because if people are going to be racing and then also launching axes around the place. But it's, it's an underground sport. There is a risk of injury. It's why, yeah. you wear, it's why you wear your Kevlar. It's why you train your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, mate, what, what do you think? Do you, do you think we, we put some axe throwing in it? Yeah, I mean, why not? It's uh, entertaining. I mean, it's not really part of woodcutting or triathlon, though. This is just like something we've decided we'll have some axes here. Because they're not even going to have the axes with them unless they've brought them, because we're doing it on another day now. No, but remember, they're using axes as paddles. Oh, right, okay. So, like, we're, yeah. Well, I mean, again, I'm guessing that back in the, the old days of, of the Norse, um, they you just have your axe, yeah. Yeah, like they would have just had an axe and they would have used it as a paddle and to hunt and to, you know, rear the children. Like it was just a a part of day-to-day life, really. Yeah. Okay, so right, they're using using axes as paddles. So they're right, so they have axes with them then. That's fair enough. Um, So we can do the axe throwing and we're okay with the potential risk. Because they're okay with the potential risk. It's, it's what yeah, they know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, cool. All right. And then the last part. So it'll be sort of like skates, won't it, to go down a, a bobsleigh? 
All right, well, I mean, they'll have runs, though. They'll have the actual bobsled run. So I would have... But they, are they not still, like, placed on top of, like, skates? Like, uh, like blades to keep it going perfectly, like... Oh, yeah, so I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. In which case, then you use axes instead of, like, blades. Well, yeah, because you, you can obviously turn them so that the blades are, like, facing to the sky, and then you just slot your your boat onto yeah. that and then you've got your yeah i mean naturally that that's pretty yeah. pretty standard but maybe we shouldn't try and have every sport just launching people down hills i mean that certainly seems to be the way things are going or maybe maybe, maybe we always do this maybe we just that's our thing maybe that's that's how you know it's a sport we've made that'll be the subtle hints to people you know a thousand years in the future when someone's talking about weird sports they used to play on their future podcast um in the year 3020 and they're talking about <laughs> you know how everything suddenly became a, a downhill sport uh, do you remember the downhill revolution <laughs> <laughs> roughly after that that coronavirus epidemic yeah they'll be pissing themselves because they'll be thinking disease <laughs> what fools <laughs> <laughs> We've nailed on the first thing then. So I guess if we're doing it for a whole day, what, what's the, the the time frame then? Do they just get eight hours? If you finish quicker, you finish quicker. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Cool. Um, and I guess that, that there'll be a break in between that. So it'll be like a four-hour stint in the morning where they do stuff, maybe a four-hour stint in the afternoon that they do stuff. Yeah. And that can that can be more, that'll be more your check-in sport. Like, that's not the one necessarily. People will want to watch the start to see the trees fall, and that's a big thing. And, you know, there's a guy blowing the horn at the start, and it's all a big show, and everyone loves it. Great. And sure. then you get to the the boat building part and you know that no one's gonna really be that fussed you've got the diehard fans who'll probably be watching to you know really see oh, yeah. the technique behind the the specific curvature in which that they're they're scooping with the axe um, i'm sure <laughs> but i think that the day-to-day personal you know they'll probably be sitting at work and then one of their pals go oh here you've been following the wood shopping i think argentina have been like just about finished their gondola uh, yeah, you know, you go, oh, they're making a gondola. That sounds cool. And you know, you'll you'll flick on, you'll see the highlights. Maybe you're like the the Argentina representative, and he or she is, you know, probably dressed in some like some fine leather. I imagine the Argent the Argentinian Argentinians. Oh, um, I I could just imagine have some good leather. There's a lot of beef, yeah. So that's true. And that was a struggle to say, Argentinian. I don't know why that was so hard to... Anyway, but aye, we get so we get to the second day. Right, we've got we've got the boat race. I'm kind of envisioning it being a river. I think a river. Uh, they don't really have any way to propel themselves other than their axors. So yeah, it could be really slow, couldn't it? So I think if it's yeah. downhill, I mean, it could even be a little bit of like a um, like rapids like white water rafting kind of style thing and certainly again where i'm envisioning this sport and i'm imagining it being like perhaps as we've said like scandinavian or like canadian style sort of countries you got all this like forest land and like fjords and rivers and things yeah i think as well the white water rapids you want to test the integrity of their of their vessel 
Um, yeah. so you want something that's a bit, a bit challenging. Because this is the point you were saying earlier. I mean, if they, they make it too heavy, then they might sink. But equally, if they make it too light, then it's going to shatter and go in, in the rocks and the rapids. And, you know, in both scenarios, you're dead, really. Like, I mean, the game over. Yeah. All, you didn't train hard enough. Yeah, exactly. You know the risks. Okay, so distance. What are we thinking? You know, it's going to depend on the, the river, unless... I mean, you can't really emulate a river. I mean, you can, but I, I don't think it's I mean, really conducive they, with the sport. They, they do in the Olympics for the canoeing. They have, like, artificial rivers. Um, but I think this is a, a sport that's more... Rough. It's more, like, yeah, more to do with nature than anything else. All right, so... I mean, we, we haven't really thought of a location and I think we could end up spending ages going into the, the, the ideas of like a location or whatever. But I like the idea of this, you know, because it might be hosted in a variety of different countries as a, you know, a grand winter Olympic sport. Then yeah. we should consider that it should perhaps just be like a, a significant, significant portion of whitewater rapid within a river somewhere within yeah. the, the, the host country. So that way we yeah. don't need to go into too much detail, but I mean, what do you think is a reasonable distance? I think that has to be over at least a kilometre minimum. Um, I think it should be something that someone can sit and watch all of, because it should be interesting yeah. enough. So I mean, maybe like no longer than half an hour's worth. Yeah. Perhaps. Again, though, I mean, it's, it's all going to be dependent on the speed of the river in which how quickly they'll move. So it's going to be hard to work out what distance would be appropriate, but take like two kilometers, three kilometers. What, what's the, the general sort of like distance for the rafting or rowing even rather? So it, rowing is I think, a 1K, 5K, 10K, 20K. The standard length races for the Olympics and the World Rowing Championships is two kilometers. Um, 1.5 kilometers to two kilometers for a US high school race. So, yeah, two kilometers. And I mean, I don't yeah, think like, the rowing takes too long, does it? Like, the rowing is like, what, about 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, something like that. Hi. So, I mean, if we're going for sort of 10, 15 minutes, then um, I suppose we can then do it in like groups. So it could be like the first four go in first and then the next four go in and the next four and whatever. And that way, because they're all getting tracked anyway based on their time, but it means that you're not just launching the river full of hundreds of folk at once. Yeah, they don't get crashed that way. Day one, we have the, the chopping and building. And we've said that it's four hours a piece morning and afternoon and then we've got a 2k boat race on the second and that's going to be done in groups of four yeah and i think the the final task the the slalom or the well if we're making winter just the the slalom uh, is a one at a time kind of deal Uh, and that's just you know you're purely timed on your your sleigh run and how well you've crafted it everything is going to play into that so so yeah no I, I agree with you plus that also gives it time for them to dry out because i imagine that the water 
again, depending on perhaps how waterlogged someone's boat would be at the time might actually give them an advantage or a disadvantage, which could be part of the sport. But I think that if we give it that day anyway, since we're doing it equally, I mean, both those runs could be done on one day, like the, the boat part and the, the sled part. Yeah, I, th- I think the problem with doing that is that you, as you say, the boats are going to be sort of different levels of, have a different level of dampness. Um, so maybe making it a third, like a three-day event is not a bad idea. If someone's boat doesn't fit the sleigh run properly, then I'm assuming they're disqualified or they have a penalty maybe? Um, I, I mean, I'm imagining that it's a... a the sleigh run has been designed specifically for the sport, so it's bigger than a normal one. So they would. So it's all going to be like um, a snug fit. It's going to be like a bit more of an open fit to allow. Yeah, um, and I think I think this is I think that's maybe a standardised course the the sleigh run. Um, okay. And then and then people know what they're building their vehicle to towards in the end. Yeah, but I, I agree. I think that that's the part where really that's what you're aiming to build the vehicle for. It, like, as, as long as it's buoyant enough to get you through the the river part, you're really trying yeah. to ensure that you can get the most amount of speed out of your sleigh yeah. run so that you can hopefully clinch it. Um, all right. And I, I guess that's quite an easy one. We just need to know how long an average sleigh run would be, which, again, you would assume if a country's going to be hosting a winter olympics they're going to have a sleigh run so okay so bobsleigh track should be 1200 to 1300 meters okay to 1.3k that'd be so so cool all right well peter i think we we've got our sport here oh we missed out our axe throwing are we are we keeping that we do want to put that that's going to be in day two a no i think we can get rid of that I think it's, yeah. it's necessary. I think it, it might be a bit overkill at this point. I mean, we've got quite a lot going on. Yeah. I think it's yeah, exciting definitely. enough. And certainly with us building towards the, the sleigh run being such like a like exciting end to this, I think, you know, it, it, it's got enough going on as a sport to, to keep people going for the, the whole hog. Yeah, I think so. How does someone get to the stage of competing in the Winter Olympics of... Woodathon. Um, so I, as of the sport last year, I think there's maybe some people that grow up wanting to do this as like their their childhood dream. Um, but I think also you have, I think I think the, the sort of hardest part of it is going to be crafting the, the vessel. I think that's probably the most difficult. we'll see some very different countries excelling at different elements of it like i could imagine quite a lot of the mediterranean european countries and perhaps even some of like the the north african countries could be experts at like the crafting of the the boats Mm -hmm. but might not necessarily be so good at the actual chopping of the wood whilst you might find in countries like canada and the the scandinavias russia you'll you might find that there's a lot more people still professionally lumberjacking and yeah going to be a lot more so impactful when it comes to the the chopping of the wood so yeah 
you know, we'll, we'll see different areas excel and it'll be interesting to see the designs and whatnot of yeah. what type of boat slash sleigh these teams come up with. But yeah, we, we've got, so we've got the young kid, right? He's, he's been watching this on TV. He's decided, right, I'm going to be the next big thing in Woodathon. And yeah, they've, they've, he's done the training, you know, he's joined a local Facebook group when there's people who meet out in the woods and do it like every Sunday. So, you know, he's, he's been doing that for years now. But how does he get to compete professionally? So, I mean, I'm guessing they'll be the same as any sport. You know, they'll be like local whatevers. But, how, like, how does he get into the Olympics? So, I, I think each country has their own, um, like, governing body who makes selections hmm. for the Olympics. Um, so, you'll have, like, the Woodathon Association of Great Britain, the WAGB, who know all the sort of young, up-and-coming talent, um, around the country um, and sort of nurture them and then there'll be like a say in Britain like a British qualifying event um, where you need to start get a certain time and then you're selected for the Olympics based on that so it has to be a like an elite time not just like not any not any old Joe can turn up and just pull this off Aye like it you've got to be someone that is clearly been gearing up for this. Uh, someone who's chopped plenty would hack down many a tree. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like this sport is probably going to be something that's picked up quite largely by the lumberjack community. I can imagine yeah. this is something where you could see the lumberjacks, like they go for like a, a weekend retreat or something, or maybe even like they go the weekend before they start their big new forestry job um, on the Monday. And they'll go and start chopping some wood to play these games or whatever else. And then, you know, they start the work on Monday a bit hungover and like a bit, a bit tired, arms a bit sore from, from hacking the wood and scoping the boats and all that, you know? Mm. I think, I think we've done it. I think we're good to go. Woodathlon has been created. <laughs> um, I mean, did you, did you have any other ideas for, for names? Nah, I think with Athlon's just uh, just perfect. Aye, I think it does it. Cool. Um, should we should we call it then? Is this the end? I I think it may be. I'm excited to see what we come up with next week. Uh, do we have any ideas on next week, or do we just think we'll? Well, you you seem quite keen on javelin and some of some description. I am quite keen on javelin, so I'd, I'd like to work out how we can put javelin in something. I mean, I, I was just spitballing some random ideas in my head, and I was thinking, like, like javelin and football. And it's like, nah, because you can't kick a javelin at stuff. But, like, javelin and rugby, um, nah, because you did spear folk or the audience. And yeah. Like, and then I was like, well, you can maybe do it for just penalties. And I was like, nah, nah, that. Then, then you're just like, doing a javelin throw in the middle of a rugby game <laughs> <laughs> we'll work it we'll work it out i guess that will be goodbye yeah well, till next time sir yeah well thanks for listening if you have if you've not then you won't mind if i tell you to f off <laughs>